This is Valley Watch, your first choice for public safety news and information. With Phoenix Fire Department Deputy Communication Director, Allie Party, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Good morning and welcome to Valley Watch, a show hosted by the Phoenix Fire Department and brought to you by our good friends here at Bonneville Broadcasting. My name is Allie Pardee. I work in the public affairs section here at the Phoenix Fire Department. And today I am joined by a very special guest. Good morning, DC. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I know before we jumped on air here, you talked about this is not your first time on Valley Watch. Correct. So for those that maybe are listening for the first time and they don't know your background, can you go ahead and describe what your role is with the Phoenix Fire Department? Absolutely. I am the program administrator for the Community Assistance Program. We are the crisis response and behavioral health crisis teams that respond out through the 911 system. Very cool. And I'm sure if folks listen to KTAR pretty often, they have heard about the Community Assistance Program before, because I know it's been in the news quite a bit lately. And with all the expansion and additional funding, which is so so much so desperately needed and it is such an amazing program and it's exciting to see its expansion and growth so can you talk about um what is the community assistance program how did it originate Yes. So um, it started in 1995 as a volunteer-based program within the fire department. And the purpose was to be able to go out on traumatic events with as a co-response with fire to assist families who had experienced a house fire or the death of a loved one or some other type of traumatic event. Um, firefighters would historically not have the resources to provide those families. And they really felt that they wanted to have another option for families other than just saying, sorry, your, your house is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, good luck. <laughs> Get yeah. in touch with your insurance company. <laughs> so um, so it was a volunteer-based program using interns from ASU and then also EMT volunteers. Throughout the years, as the needs of the community have changed, we've sought funding through grants. Um, and then we started collaborating with the police department to provide victim advocacy as well on the calls. And so we've covered after-hours victim advocacy work um, for many years. And then in uh, 2021, City Council approved a $15 million um, increase to our budget so that we could expand our program from five crisis response teams to a total of 10, um, and then creating nine behavioral health units. And what that allows us to do is move away from relying on volunteers and interns for 50% of our staffing, Mm -hmm. which impacts our ability to stay um, stabilized in our ability to respond to working towards having full-time and part-time employees be the majority of our staffing model. Very cool. And so when you look at since the community assistance program has been in place, how long have you been managing or a, a part of it? I started with the program 17 years ago as a trainer wow. and gradually have moved up into more supervisory um, positions. That's incredible. It's so been you interesting yeah, to watch it grow. I can imagine you've been able to see it evolve throughout the years. And then this has to be a very exciting time, you know, with that additional funding coming in a few years ago. So when you look at the community assistance program today, you know, what are you most excited about? I'm excited about the behavioral health um, side of what we're growing. I think it is unique in the fact that we are collaborating with public agencies, um, La Frontera Impact and Taros, mm-hmm. to provide peer support specialists on our units. 
it gives us the opportunity for those individuals to connect with the community in a way that is unique to being a peer support specialist. So mm-hmm. peer support specialists are typically individuals who have lived experience or have helped family members through getting into services. Cool. And they connect at a level that is unique because when someone says, well, do you know what it's like to have mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z? They can say either yes or I've had a family member and I've helped them. Yeah. And it, it gives them that ability to connect with someone who's um, vulnerable in mm-hmm. a way that others can't. I think that that's so important to think about because you look at why the community assistance program, one of those units would be deployed on a call and someone is in crisis. They are very vulnerable and maybe they won't be as, you know, reluctant if they see someone that is not maybe coming in a fire truck or in a police car and how are they going to better connect them with services or how would they maybe be able to talk to them in a different way because at the end of the day you know it's it's hard when you look at 911 calls and how often people are calling because they are in a mental or behavioral health crisis and it's incredible when you look at what the city of phoenix is doing to add additional resources for better customer service and that's exactly what the community assistance program is do, has done and is doing and can will continue to do as it grows so for those listening to us talking about the community assistance program can you paint that picture for them you know where are they deployed out of? What does that dispatch response look like? Do they, I, I'm kind of spoiled it, they don't come on fire trucks, but what do they show up on scene with? And what, what color are their shirts and all that type of stuff? Absolutely. So we are unique because we are dispatched out through the 911 system. So um, for our behavioral health units, uh, the all 911 calls go specifically to the police department first, and they do their assessment of mm-hmm. whether you're calling because there's a crime that's being committed, whether there's something on fire or if you need medical. Yeah. Well, now they have this other branch of behavioral health. So for four years, they've actually been working on um, being able to send callers to the right resource and sending them to a community agency named Solari. Now they have the option of sending a behavioral health unit through the city of Phoenix. Um, so we, once that evaluation is done, um, a team is dispatched out through the fire regional dispatch system. Our teams come out in vans, typically mm-hmm. passenger vans, 12 to 15 passenger vans. They're either going to be red or white, and they'll have community assistance program on them. Mm-hmm. Our team members come out in green shirts um, mm-hmm. and provide that assistance. And the team members that you have, I know that you are actively recruiting and hiring and with the growth of like we talked about with that $15 million, what are those employees? They have a background in psychology or what? what is that? So we have several different levels. We have caseworker twos who are the individuals that are out in the field. Um, they The minimum requirement is a bachelor's degree or work experience. So okay. four years work experience. Um, and then we have caseworker or threes who are our supervisor level employees. Okay. So we have been recruiting for those positions since we we obtained the funding. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a slow process. Yeah. I, um, we've uh, basically 
um, in the time frame been able to add 30 new employees to our, oh, wow. our staffing. So in order to try to expedite some mm-hmm. of that hiring process, we've been working with our HR department. And so we've, they've been able to put a few things in place. Mm-hmm. One is some financial incentives. So, um, there's some financial incentives for being a new employee, for retaining the current mm-hmm. employees and for our employees um, actually referring people to oh, us to, cool. to be employed. Yeah. Um, and then the, in the March, uh, in the month of March, sorry, mm-hmm. we're actually going to be doing something unique. We're going to be holding interviews weekly. So um, as people are applying and we're hoping that the application process opens by next week, oh, uh, we'll be looking at every applicant as they come in and hopefully get them in for an interview within a week or two. That's awesome. And then get um, the whole background process started a little bit sooner as well. So it's quite literally expediting that hiring process. Yes. And when you look at the program and its growth and how... This program is very unique in the whether not necessarily be job descriptions, but job expectations. I think it is very valuable to know that when you are hiring these people to think about a referral, because this is someone that's already working inside this program. They know what is being asked of you. And, oh, well. Me, I used to work with this other caseworker. They would fit really well with this team. And they have those those job skills or that personality type that is very compassionate and hardworking and all that type of stuff. So I think that that, I mean, obviously you guys have thought about that during that hiring process. And hopefully that works very well to help you know fill these other positions. We're, we're hoping to see that as well as the... Um the funding that goes when you're a new hire, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're hoping that those incentives really inspire people to come and look at our, our job and interview for the positions, learn more about what we're doing, and hopefully join our team. Very cool. And so, you know, when we look at the overall job recruitment and things online, obviously people can find all that type of stuff at phoenix.gov forward slash fire or forward slash jobs. But when we look at those um, recruitment events, have those sites or locations been listed yet? Or is that still in the works? It's still in the works. And what will happen is, is when when someone applies, they'll be notified. Uh, they'll get it like a sign up genius to sign up for an interview on a specific date, at a specific location. I think we're planning on giving them two options mm-hmm. um, because we're only holding the interviews once a week. Okay. Um, so we're, we're going to be giving them that information after they apply. Very good. And so I know we had already kind of talked about the job descriptions with caseworkers and things like that. But if, you know, not to be too vulnerable, but obviously you started in this program in some of those positions. Could you talk about, you know, an ideal candidate for the community assistance program? Absolutely. Um, so someone who uh, has experience doing crisis intervention may have a background in social work or counseling, um, is able to work independently, um, is not afraid to go out into the community. We're looking for people who also um, are able to work like odd hours because yeah. this is a 24-7 operation. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for people who can work overnight shifts, um, late afternoon into early evening shifts. Um, so individuals who have that unique ability to do that and also working weekends and holidays and things like that. 
Because at the end of the day, they are a Phoenix Fire Department member, and we operate 365 days a year, 24-7, although they might not be running to go put out fires, but there are other 911 calls that the community still needs that help with. And so it is really cool to think about the evolution of this and how it is a better service to the community to connect them with additional resources. So, you know, as we said before we came in here, that time was going to run out quickly, but what would you want the community to know about the community assistance program before we end our time today we're we're on our growth pattern it's been a slow climb but we're looking forward to getting staffing up and as we're doing that we're planning on doing more outreach into the community to also provide more education on what we're doing um, how they can reach us and then how we can assist them I think it's so incredible to see that because it quite literally says the community in in your name and everything that we do here at the fire department is whether it's community education, community involvement, we want to better serve the community to maybe potentially prevent some of these emergencies or to get them connected to the right resources so we can better serve them. And so I thank you so much for your time today. I can't believe we're already running out of time, but I know this won't be the last time I have you on the program. I appreciate you allowing me to come on and talk about this incredible program. Absolutely. And again, I'll be plugging in all the recruitment and hiring information here on our Phoenix Fire social media, also plugging in on Valley Watch. And so if you're listening, if you're not already following us on social media, please Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can find us at Phoenix Fire, whether it's Phoenix spelled out or it's just PHX on Twitter. We'll plug all the info about the community assistance program, the hiring events, all those types of things. So thank you for joining us here today on Valley Watch. DC, it's always a pleasure. Nice to see you. Have a great, safe Sunday. Stay safe, Phoenix.